Well, while the cat's away, the mice shall play. <laughs> How many of you are ready to have fun tonight? Not that we can't have fun if Pastor Brian's here. That's not what I'm saying. Actually, somebody messaged in during praise and worship and asked if this was him laying up here. <laughs> this is not Pastor Brian. He's not hiding from you. <laughs> well, it is wonderful to see you tonight. Thank you for joining us online. My name is Jennifer, affectionately known here as Jungle Jen. I have been a missionary in the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil for the last 11 years doing church planting among unreached people groups. And I got connected with lambs in a very unique way last year. It's been about a year now. In June of last year, Brittany called. She is the director of Lambs Kids. And she asked at Standout Ministries, she said, could Jen come and speak? to 60 of our Lamb's kids. And so they booked me for that, to go and talk to kids about missions. When I showed up here that Wednesday night, they put me up here in front of 450 childlike faith adults. How many of you were here for that night? <laughs> wow! <laughs> we had fun, didn't we? I gave a child's message. I really did. I didn't change anything. And we just had the best time together and have partnered together in the jungles of the Amazon of Brazil ever since. And our goal is to reach the entire Amazon for Jesus Christ. I'm so glad you're on board with this. A lot of people look at me and they're like, you want to do what? I got a big God. How about you? Yeah? Yeah? I mean, I think we can do it. I really do. Do you want to see how it's going so far? All right, hit it, guys.
And people came up to me and they said, Jen, with you not being able to go there because of Corona, what's happened? Has the mission, has it been okay? What's going on? This realization hit me about two weeks into everything getting shut down. All 11 of the communities in the Amazon that we have been working in have either an evangelical presence from a pastor who we train in that community or a full-time missionary. No community was left without someone. Amen. And they are thriving. And at first, we didn't think that the coronavirus was going to make its way in. We prayed, honestly, that it wouldn't. But about three and a half weeks ago, it hit, and it hit hard. At one point, four of our 11 communities had coronavirus all throughout, but not a single fatality. We've been able to maintain contact about once a month with our missionaries and our church plant pastors and leaders. And though they did have some symptoms, none of them came back positive for the corona. So we praise God for that protection. Yes, they are doing well. So now I need to give you a little corona survey here. Let's just see how you'll do. How many of you, like me, have at some point during the last five months thought of something you needed at 9 o'clock at night and drove to your 24-7 hour Walmart just to realize not so 24-7, huh? Anybody? Oh, okay, there's a lot of us. <laughs> All right, how about that you've gone to Chick-fil-A, maybe with your family, tried to open the door, right, and you couldn't go in? No dine-in, bummer. All right, how about Starbucks? Who has tried or wanted to go and meet a friend to have Starbucks and just to chat? Anybody wanted to do that? Yes, yes. How about, how about go to the gym? Have some of you, did you have to stay out? Couldn't go to the gym? Two of you, wow. <laughs> Not a very fitness-minded group, are you? <laughs> the gym shut down, you can't go to Walmart, you can't. What about live sports? Television, no live sports? Unbelievable. 
to my life in the Amazon. <laughs> you all have just surpassed, and you have passed Jungle Survival Training Camp 101. I will hand out badges after the service. <laughs> so let's open up scripture and see what the Bible has to say about all of this. I want to invite you to join me in Mark, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Starting in verse 35. says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? We are in a storm. Our world is in a storm. But we get to choose the response. And I want to ask you something tonight. From which response did power come to stop the storm? Because we have the disciples in the boat. We have Jesus in the boat. They're in the boat with Jesus. He had already said to them, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, hey, let's get halfway out into the sea and then a storm come and kill us all. No, he told them what was going to happen. He said, hey. Let's get in the boat. Let's go on to the other side. Ciao, I'm off to take a nap. The guy's tired, right? Like he he pulls out, he pulls out his pillow, and he goes over and he takes a nap. Sleepyhead Jesus. Sleeping through the storm. But then on the other side, you've got the disciples. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. We're going to die. We're going to perish. Jesus. Right? They're in the boat with Jesus. I love what Jesus did. Jesus gets up, goes over, Rebukes the storm, 
peace, be still. And it's calm. Here's what Jesus didn't do. <sighs> oh my goodness, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You guys are right, we're going to die, we're going to die. No. Jesus didn't join in with the crazies. Right? Jesus didn't lose it. Jesus simply took the authority and power that he knew he had. And he didn't, he didn't care necessarily. He, he wasn't affected. He wasn't affected by the crazy going on around him. He lived and responded from the peace within him. That's huge. He didn't join in. He tapped in. Peace. Be still. And instantly, the storm ceased. I had a little girl show up one day at my door in the Amazon. And she asked me a very simple question. She said, missionary, will you come eat lunch with us? Now, how many of you like to eat lunch? Now, I am a terrible cook, so anytime anybody wants to offer me food, I'm in. This is good. So I started to say yes to the little girl, but as I turned to say yes, she did something really odd. She laughed, she went, <laughs> and then she took off running for her house. I thought, well, that was strange. So I grabbed Nico, my pet monkey that I have in the Amazon. I threw him up on my shoulder, and I took off running after the little girl. I knew the pathway through the jungle that went to her house, ran that direction, came in the back of her home, and sat down on the floor. That's how we eat our meals, is sitting on the floor. So as I sat there, all of a sudden, I looked up, and nine pairs of eyes were staring at me. I thought, uh-oh, I'm the guest of honor. And you might be thinking, oh, congratulations, Jungle Jen. They must really love you. Oh, I knew the tribal delicacy. At that moment, that little girl's mama came from around the corner, and she had a platter. And on the platter was the head That's actually almost life-size right there. <laughs> the head of that turtle. She sat that platter so proudly down before me. Nico, the pet monkey, looked down at the turtle head. He looked up at me. He looked down at the turtle head. Then he ran out the back door. Take me with you. I didn't panic. I had to eat it. I mean, this is their delicacy. You can't offend. So I prayed the famous missionary mealtime prayer. Lord, I'll get it down if you keep it down. 
please be faithful. <laughs> Amen. I then looked over at my little friend and I said, honey, wow, I have never had such an honor before in my life. I don't even know where to begin. She rolled her eyes at me like I was the crazy one here. Like I should know what to do. And she goes, duh, eat out the eyeballs first. Mm. You can put it back up there. Mm -hmm. um, they're about the size of ping pong balls. I got them down. He kept them down. That was a two-part miracle. <laughs> I finished that part, and then I looked back, and she rolled her eyes at me again like I should know what to do, picked up the head, slammed it on the ground, burst it open, and said, now eat out the brains. It does not taste like chicken. Mm -mm, mm, I got it down. He kept it down. And then the tongue. And then the rest of the head. Where was that in Jungle Survival Training Camp 101? Where was that? And as horrific as the experience was, and it was, guys, I am not up here and like, oh, some superwoman Christian missionary mission. No, 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 guys. This was bad. It was so bad. But at the same time, it is one of the most fondest memories I have of my last 10 years in the Amazon because of what happened next. After that meal, if you want to call it that, <laughs> after that, the mama took me off to the side and she said, missionary, I want to tell you why you were our guest of honor today. My little girl over there She's been coming to that Bible school, that little Bible study thing that you have. And you probably don't know this, but every day after class, she brings home that little Bible that you gave her. And she sits down, all of her brothers and sisters, and she teaches them everything you taught her. She then said words I'll never forget. Our home now has light. Our home now has light. Where there used to be so much fighting, there's peace. Where there used to be so much chaos, there's joy. And where there used to be so much darkness, day in, day out, there's now light because of your Jesus. And that day I realized that a little bit of light can make a really big difference. Just a little bit of light can make a really big difference. And as we go through this storm of life that we are currently going through, we can either be a beacon of panic or a beacon of peace. We get to choose our response. And what we need to realize is that our response, church, our response, individuals, our response, kids, our response.
response is impacting others. Jesus says to us right here in scripture, he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. Now we see also though that over in John, John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? Jesus spoke again to the people. John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Now, how many of you are okay with saying that Jesus is the light of the world? How many of you are good with saying that God is light? And then Jesus tells us to be the light of the world. Now, how many of you are Jesus? How many of you are God? Mm -mm, Uh-oh, we got a problem. Wait, if Jesus says that he's the light of the world and God is light, but then we're told by Jesus to be the light of the world and we're not Jesus and we're not God, how's this going to work out for us? Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Why aren't y'all getting excited? (laughs) This is huge. The very DNA of God himself resides inside of us. You are the light of the world because you've been created in the image of God. So that means... That when the storm is raging, we can have the same response as Jesus. We can be the light of the world. We can be beacons of light for the world out there. We don't have to be beacons of panic. We're in the same boat as Jesus. The disciples and Jesus were in the same storm. We're all in this together, guys. But guess who's in the boat with us? Jesus. You're in church. Just always answer Jesus. It's usually the right answer. (laughs) Right. Jesus is in the boat with us. The light of the world is in the boat with us. Now, how do we maintain this light? I'm so glad you asked. If you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me to Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 says, 
starting in verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever he does prospers. Now, how many of you would like to prosper? Of course, right? Everybody wants to prosper. So if we want to prosper, even during the time of a storm, what do we need to do? We've got to connect our light to the light source. And right here it says, he meditates on his law day and night. This right here. You need a brighter light? Right here. Meditate on it day and night. And night, I am just amazed by the fact that people are meditating on Fox News, CNN, social media, Instagram, Facebook. Get your face out of that book and put your face in this book. Right here. Because we've got two years worth of promises versus six months of media. I'm not telling you to go and be ignorant to what's happening out there. That's not the point. My point is, do you want peace or not? Facebook. Right here. But you get to choose. You get to choose the response. Now, this is pretty cool because it says right here, whatever he does prospers. And we all agreed that we wanted to prosper. And he compares it to a tree planted by streams of water. Now, I I brought my tree here. And this is streams of water in case you can't tell. Right? Okay, the tree is planted. Now, if you are planted... That means that you are receiving your nutrients and everything you need to grow, everything you need to thrive, everything you need to produce fruit, you receive. Right? Show my orange tree real quick. This thing is beautiful. Look at that. Now, that orange tree... Is it running around everywhere trying to get nutrients here and trying to get some water from over here and I got to go over here to get some sun and I'm going to come back over here to get some fertilizer? No. Thanks, guys. The tree is planted. We've got to be planted in God. We've got to be planted in Scripture. And if we are, Put out your branches in worship and let the nutrients come. Because this tree right here doesn't have to do anything but receive. 
It's getting the water that it needs, the sunlight that it needs, the wind that it needs. But unfortunately, what we're doing is we're doing this. Help, help, help. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Ah! And then you look like this. Not good. I mean, the sun can't even catch up with it to give it anything. It can't grow any fruit like this. But if you stay planted in him by the streams of water, the peace, the joy, the strength, the energy, everything you need to get through a storm will come to you. Now I looked it up. There happens to be a lot of virus verses. Did you know that? I mean, they're right here. Virus verses. Like, go, go there with me. Psalm chapter 34. Psalm 34. I'm going to read some of them to you. I want you to understand that what you need is right here in the book. Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Anybody think Corona is a trouble? Guess who's going to deliver us? It's a promise. He doesn't say maybe. He doesn't say unless. No, he says right here. It says the righteous cry out, the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Now, I looked it up in the Greek, that word all, because I really wanted to know. And all in Greek means all. Hope I'm not going too deep for you guys here. All means all. He delivers them from all their troubles. Let's go to another one. Nahum. I'm sure you guys really know this book backwards and forwards. Nahum. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord is good, a refuge in time of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. He cares for those who are planted trusting in him. It's a promise right here. Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. Starting in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is something that we need to be praying for right now. God, guard my heart and guard my mind during this time, during this storm. I don't want us to pretend like a storm's not out there. It's there. But what I want us to do is realize, church, that we get to choose a response based upon the promises. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, there's that big Greek word again, right? And we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. 
There's that prosper word again. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And you say, but, 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 no, no, no. Get off your butt. I don't want to hear your butt. I want to hear promises. John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches if you remain in me. Right? He talks about remaining in him and I am you. You will bear much fruit. Except for during Corona. No, it doesn't say that. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. He tells us to remain in him. Why? So we'll prosper. Why aren't you guys getting excited about this? This is incredible. This is powerful. These promises are right here for us. But we get to choose. We get to choose. I was in the Amazon and we were going to go from one location to another in the community where we were living in. We were going to travel via canoe a couple of hours to another community in order to hold a service. Now, I don't know how they do it, but the Amazonians know when it's going to rain. It can be perfectly blue sky, not a cloud in the sky, and, and you can say, is it going to rain? And they'll go, mm-hmm. And you go, right. Two minutes later, boom. It just happens. I don't know how they know it, but they know it. Well, before we traveled, I asked them, I said, is it going to rain? And they said, nope. I said, okay, we get in the canoe. Off we go. It was myself and five others. And in the middle of that journey, a massive storm arose. The wind was horrific. The waves were taking away stuff out of our boat. Massive storm. When people ask me, have you ever been afraid over the last 10 years in the Amazon? This is the story that I reference. Not because I was afraid for my own life, but because of the prayer that I prayed. God, which one do I save? You see, the other five people in the boat with me didn't know how to swim. That's a tough prayer to pray. And I knew that I was a strong enough swimmer to save myself and one other. But that was going to be it. God, which one do I save? Because at any moment that canoe was going over. And then someone said, can we sing? Now at this point I had only lived in the Amazon for about a year. So I hadn't had a lot of opportunity yet to translate a lot of songs from English into their language. And nobody was panicking 
but what a beautiful idea, let's sing. So we began to sing the songs that I had taught them. We sang a couple of the hymns. We sang a couple more songs, and then we sang them over again, and then over, and, and then over, and over. And, and we were praying, God, stop the storm. God, stop the storm. And we sang, and we sang, and then we, we started to sing other songs. We, we started to sing the alphabet song. <laughs> we were just trying to stay calm. And then in the middle of that river, our little motor died. We had no paddles. The waves had already swept those away. I began to prepare for the worst. And as my dad in jungle survival training camp had taught me, I pulled out my waterproof pack and I put in it my matches, a couple of other necessities, and I rolled it up and I attached it to myself. God, which one do I save? The storm continued to rage. We continued to sing. And then an angel appeared right there on the front of the boat. Instantly, we made it over to the bank that we had been so fighting to get to. The storm ceased. We got back into the canoe after about an hour and decided to make the journey back home. As we went back home, we were just in awe of what he had done. We got back there and people met us down at the bank and they said, did you see that storm? Did you see what happened? Where did it come from? We had no idea. And they said, we are so glad you're alive. And then we got to tell the story of how we were saved. Miracles happen, guys. Angels are real. We don't wage war against flesh and blood. We wage war in the spirit realm. And that's what took place that day. But there are more for us than against us. There are more for us than the corona that's against us. And we get to choose our response. We get to choose how we're going to go through this. Because how we're going to go through it is going to determine how we're going to come out of it. How we're going through the storm right now is going to determine how we're going to come out of the storm after it's all over. You can't wait. I don't know if you know much about growing fruit, but it doesn't happen overnight. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to buy an orange tree and boom, tomorrow I'm going to have oranges. No. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. Intentional, consistent time. Right here in this book, claiming these promises is what's going to grow our fruit 
so that we can go through this in a manner that then brings us out of this prosperous. I want what Jesus had. Therefore, I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to do what he did, which is connect himself to the Father, claiming identity of him. We are the light of the world. That's our identity that we get to take on in order to grow the fruit, to be the beacon of light and of peace that he has called us to. But the choice is up to us. We get to choose our response. It's worth it. It works. Let me be living proof to you right now of someone who lived and has lived through multiple storms. It works. Do you want peace in your life? Right here. A man showed up at my door one day in the Amazon, and it was very interesting because I didn't recognize him. I didn't know him. Now, when you live in the Amazon in a community that is three, four, five days away from a city, you pretty much know everybody. (laughs) So when this man showed up at my door, it startled me a little bit. He said, I'm looking for the white one with the Bibles. Like, well, I got a good tan. I might be able to play this off. (laughs) I said, well, sir, I believe that I'm the only white one around for quite a few days. And yes, sir, I am the one with the Bibles. He said, I've heard of these things before. My grandfather used to have one. And when I was a little boy, we used to sit around and grandpa would read us stories out of that Bible. And it used to bring me so much peace. But grandpa has since passed. And nobody knows whatever happened to that Bible. But then we heard that a white one was somewhere in this area. And so I had to come and find her because I heard that she has the Bible. And then he reached into his pocket and he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't, I don't have any money to give you and I really don't have anything of value. But in my community, we, we have these beautiful purple rocks And I thought maybe you would trade me one of your Bibles for this stone. And he held it out to the light and it just glistened. I gladly received the man's rock. So then he would gladly receive a Bible. And he took that Bible and he held it to his chest. And he just kept saying over and over, I got one. I got one. I got one. 
That's how precious these words are to some people. Church, we've got to get back to that. Because these words are what's going to sustain us in the days to come. If there was ever a time to know your Bible, it's now. Because this is what we need to stand on in order to prosper. In order to go through this well, this is what we need to cling to. So then we have fruit and nutrients to be able to give to others. Over 2,000 years ago, we saw the worst pandemic that the world ever had. Jesus saw it. It was called sin. But Jesus came. He came to the earth. He lived here, connected to his father. And then things looked worse because he got nailed to a cross and he bled. Holes were put into his hands and into his feet. A crown of thorns was placed on his head and it looked bad. And then all of a sudden, Jesus cried out, it is Finished. Good news. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. And three days later, he rose again from the grave with the cure for all humanity. Salvation. Peace. Comfort, joy, abundant life was in that resurrection. But the response is up to us. We get to choose what we're going to do with that. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Here in the room and there online. Because the calming of the storm came from a place of peace. But right now, our world doesn't have a lot of that. But I want to ask you, if you personally have peace. Do you have peace? You get to choose your response tonight. You get to choose and you can say, it is finished. You can say, my fear is finished. My depression is finished. My anxiety is finished. My financial struggles are finished. It is 
finished. And in place of it, you can say, Jesus, I choose you. I choose peace. I choose joy. I choose abundant life like your scripture tells me I can have. I choose life eternal with you. You can pray that simple prayer. You can invite him to come into your life so that you don't have to live in that chaos and that panic. But you can live in peace through every storm, not just this one. And Father, right now, I want to pray that you would come and draw us to yourself. Give us peace. Give us joy. Give us abundant life in you. We surrender our own lives and our own ways over to you. And we ask Jesus that you come and give us that cure of salvation. You don't have to live another single day without the peace. You don't have to live another single day in panic or fear. Because when you've got Jesus, you have the promise of prosperity. Father, we love you. We thank you that your word is true. We stand on your word tonight. And we ask you to please come. Move in us in a way unlike ever before so that we don't leave here the same way we came in. We receive that peace from you now, Jesus. And all God's people said, in Jesus' name.